0: Uh, And
1: these are foundational to the point of what we experience in the physical is influenced by this spiritual reality that's outside of our physical existence. Mm -hmm. And so even in all of our doctrinal agreements and our statements and Mm -hmm. um, what does it look like for the Christian to persevere and what does it look like for the Christian to struggle and like Mm. all these different things that we kind of flesh out, there's an influence Mm. (laughs) that is very much uh, coming from this, this spiritual realm. So so yeah i agree this is something that i think we can overlook and and, mm-hmm. and really not understand even the things that are happening because we're not considering um these things and you get caught up in the fight against flesh and blood and all these other things and it's like no there's this outer influence there's a different fight that that should be be taking place
2: yes
3: you're tuned into that deity though, let the assembly know, we worship God in the flesh, his name is Jesus you know, or oh, we can open the word, this is the truth we can show, planting a seed in your brain, trusting a prayer to grow, the son of God is the most high, when that don't fly they come at my neck like a bow tie, <laughs> from the throne to the manger, the mystery of God sent himself as the savior.
1: Welcome to episode 26 of That Deity Though, an apologetics podcast focused on the deity of Christ and the Trinity. I'm your host, EC Holmes, a.k.a. Yes. That's my real name. Um, Thanks once again for tuning in for all the new listeners out there. Shout out to y'all. I really appreciate you guys taking the time every couple of weeks just to tune in and and just hear what I have to share. Um, Really, the intentions, again, for those maybe tuning in for the first time is just equipping and encouraging the body um, to dig into the scriptures more, um, to be ready and prepared to have an answer for those who may question you about your faith and what you believe. Um, It's pretty much an apologetics podcast, and a lot of the focus is often on Deity of Christ and the Trinity. Um, But lately, uh, we've been talking about a a whole gang of things. Um, This episode is going to be much different. I'm actually going to be sharing an interview that I did a couple months ago. um, And it actually turned more into a conversation, Um, really wasn't much of an interview. It's me and my friend Lim. And we really got into a conversation um, surrounding a supernatural worldview. So I hope this is an encouraging conversation for you guys. Um, For those who may be, again, tuning in for the first time, if you guys have questions surrounding the deity of Christ and the Trinity, if you have questions regarding um, how to be a better evangelist and how to be a better witness and just sharing the gospel, um, if you've had questions where... Maybe you didn't have a response to, or maybe something that kind of challenged you and, and kind of made you doubt. Um, go ahead and email us at though at gmail.com. I would love to respond to those questions that you have. If you guys would like to check out our merch shop, um, we do have an Etsy account. Um, it's ThatDeityThough, so just go ahead and Google it. We are working on the website. Um, I'm kind of slacking with that, so it's really my fault. Um, but if you do go to ThatDeityThough.com, there is a landing page. I think you can shoot an email and stuff from there right now. But But again, there's going to be more on that to come. Um, But yeah, I'm not going to waste too much time today. Um, If you don't mind, when you finish this episode, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Go ahead and give us that five-star review. Um, It really helps us to become more visible. It kind of gives people an idea of what they can expect when they do tune in. And so when you do leave that review, you can also um, copy and paste that and leave it on our Facebook as well. Um, Again, I would appreciate it. But with that being said, we're not going to waste much time. Let's jump right into it.
3: He is Lord, so we ring. Open up the word, get with it. The eternal God, he is infinite. He put on some flesh and then lived in it. The hypostatic union, we get it. Christology, my apology, but no apology. Best get with it Well then the prodigy. buddy, he called the seas, He Quiet Storm. Yes, he did it. Uh, he's preeminent. Talk fishermen to fish from men. Turn grimy dudes to different men. It's by his life we live for him. And through his life we get to him. Validated by lifting him. And he would do the same for everyone to whom he was sent. Blazing it, fanning the flame. It's no taming it. Grabbing his word and What's
0: up everybody, peace Um, my name is Lem James Uh, I'm just a regular dude From Columbia, PA, Ocalo Um, yeah I don't know what you usually do for introductions But, uh, married to uh, Cindy Had two children, uh, Michael and Ezekiel Um, we go to Lancaster Evangelical Free Church in Lidditz, PA. Um, I'm a chaplain in the Army. Uh, disclaimer, none of my views or things I say today are representative of the Army or any other body. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. EC, uh, me and EC know each other through, we used to go to church together at the gathering. Um, and i still frequent the gathering uh shout out to christ alone fellowship gathering uh risen christ fellowship people i love yeah that's it
1: yeah man i appreciate you coming on uh it's been a long time coming right yeah i started this podcast last year and we've had multiple conversations you know uh we didn't really have anything in particular to talk about, mm-hmm. um, but I know you wanted to come on, and I wanted to have you on, but uh, I mean, yeah. now it's here. <laughs> yeah. We have a very, very, uh, I think, an interesting topic mm. to kind of uh, just give you the floor, just to kind of to break down. And uh, I, what was it, January or February, uh, when we kind of started to discuss this a little bit?
0: Yeah, probably around that time. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And so I thought it was interesting because as you already know, you probably agree is it's not often in reform circles mm-hmm. um, or maybe those who will consider themselves Calvinists to mm-hmm. kind of talk about um, the world of the supernatural, yeah. uh, right? It's one of those things that gets over sensationalized and mm-hmm. um, we can see a lot of issues um, with the way some people apply what they understand about that, you know, mm-hmm. and how certain ideas are forced into the text and just how that, shapes uh the practice of the believer um and even how the they lead other people um but what was it that that you saw in the text as you were kind of digging into it that really shifted your focus to really want to kind of dive into this yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like what was it that you saw that caused you to to kind of go on this journey for over a year now right kind
0: of looking into these things yep so it actually has been yeah it's probably been closer to two, three years um, that, you know, I started to really dive into it. So I I was a student at Evangelical Seminary. um, uh, Shout out to Evangelical. And um, my Old Testament professor, Phil uh, Bollinger. um, Yeah, we, going through the Old Testament um, and just looking at, some very interesting passages in the Old Testament um, just started sparking a lot of different questions in my mind. Um, For instance, looking at Moses and his interaction with the magicians, uh, Pharaoh's men, and their ability to do things like have their own snakes. And then we know the story, right? Aaron's staff turned into a snake and gobbled theirs up pharaoh's heart was still hardened um or looking at when uh saul went to the witch and is like hey conjure me up samuel right (laughs) and samuel's like it's over for you um and i could keep going right there was just a lot of there was a lot of things that i was looking at that just started to to prick a lot of questions in my mind um Fast forward, uh, I got exposed to um, the Naked Bible podcast, uh, that's Michael Heiser, um, and that started to bring up some very interesting uh, conversations in my head and with people um, regarding the spiritual or supernatural, Um, but the tipping point for me was where I really started to to dive in deep, into looking into these things was uh, in Ephesians 3. I'll go ahead and just read it. Uh, My church, we were doing a manuscript study where basically what we do is you'll just print out the entire text, the entire book. So in this case, the book of Ephesians with no uh, verse numbers or headings or anything. It's just text, just straight through, nothing broken up paragraph wise or anything. Um, And what that does is it forces you to read it in a different way you know when we when we have our different breaks and headings and stuff like that it it shapes the way that we would approach reading the text and so as a good reform person at the time not that i'm not reformed anymore i definitely wouldn't call myself that mm. anymore because of uh <laughs> what today's society has done to so many things you group yourself into anything you get a whole bunch of other stuff attached to you um i love the doctrines of grace uh, there's a lot about reform culture i hate though Um, but that's for another conversation, (laughs) for another day. Um, but, um, let, let, let me go ahead and, and read what I read that had me, uh, start to really look deeper into these things. So in Ephesians chapter three, um, are you going to have some kind of like cool graphic or something? Yeah, I'll throw it up. up. (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians chapter three, um. Paul's talking about the mystery of the gospel and that being uh, the Gentile inclusion um, into the um, into salvation, into being in Christ. Um, I'll just read. I'll start at uh, verse, start around verse 7. Um, it says this, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Again, this is Paul. So I paused because, you know, the verses I would frequent were Ephesians 2 because, you know, that's like the Reformed passage. (laughs) Exactly. You know, the Romans 9, the John 6, all the good ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me find out. But I as many times as I would have read read Ephesians, I just never read this and was like, hold on, what is this saying right now? It kind of threw me off. Um, Let me slow it down. So that through the church— The manifold wisdom of God, so that varied wisdom, that that diversified wisdom of God, might be made known. So God is using this church with the Gentile inclusions to do what, I think? That he might be made known, that his manifold wisdom might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And this was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus. So I'm like, hold on. (laughs) What is this saying? Like, exactly. And I think what it's saying is God's saving of the Gentiles and the church in general is going to bring him glory as the heavenly rulers and authorities, just to use this terminology, sees what he's doing. How wise he is to save a people from the world, from all over the world, of people that used to worship Osiris or whatever, Baal, or go across the world and just start picking, you know, the Hindu gods or in the Americas, the the lowercase g gods that were worshipped. Right. And I thought it strange that... It said in the heavenly, you know, in the heavenly places. So, I mean, if you just look in the book of Ephesians itself, you're going to see in a popular, very popular um, passage in Ephesians 6. Um, I hope hope at home, you know, or wherever you're at watching this, you're able to open a Bible. If you're in a car, don't do that but (laughs) it might not be a good idea it's not a good idea if you're you're like me just listening to youtube like through your headphones like as you're driving from job to job or whatever Um, but when you get a chance I, i do encourage you to look at these passages and really test what i'm saying because there's a lot of i think i'm gonna say a lot of i think today um because i don't know everything um But I'm convinced of some of these things. So, uh, in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10, it says this, "...finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness." against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places so again we see these rulers and authorities um and it being tied to other terms here in the heavenlies and specifically evil like not good forces um And these are spiritual forces because it's not against flesh and blood. And this is why I actually think this is so important to talk about for a number of reasons. One is because we're in a society right now where flesh and blood is the main battleground. I want to fight with you because you're a liberal. Hmm. I want to fight with you because you're a conservative. I want to fight with you because you're Black Lives Matter. I want to fight with you because you're Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. I want to fight with you because you have some political or sociological attachment that's so strong in your life that that's your identity right now and that's the battleground on which you're operating Hmm. i'm like listen no i'm sorry you have a bigger war going on and it's going to smack you in the face real hard when you die and you're staring the lord jesus in his face and he's looking at you and saying yo what you do with them talents i gave you Hmm. you buried it you wasted time with it playing these other games. That's not, that's not, you are enlisted into a force. You are enlisted into a a army, into a military that is not concerned with those things. You're a spiritual people. Your battle's not against flesh and blood. Don't, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that the, it doesn't flesh out. It, I'm not saying that it, it Sometimes doesn't manifest itself In some of these political or sociological Ideologies That come out and Are demonic right? But what I am saying is There's a human being that's being Driven in all this And that your war is not with that person If there's anything that this past Year or so has shown Is that people have Lost sight of the fact that we are spiritual people and that our battle isn't against flesh and blood just just look at what's going on in the streets in America you know what I mean right. like yep. and I'm I'm talking largely to an American audience but it's all over the world I mm-hmm. think anyway so I I think it's important for that for that reason um I think it's important because There is a form of spirituality that is expressing itself in very strange ways. Let me explain. Look at Marvel movies, right? Mm. There are people that can, they know the canon of Marvel movies better than they know the canon of the scriptures, Mm. the Bible, right? And in the Thor movie, I, I like those movies. I watch them. There's a there's a scene in the, one of the Thor movies, I think it was the first one. And Thor said something like he said something like what you guys separate you guys look at science and you look at magic as like exclusive or, you know, as as opposing. But for us there there's it's not there's no difference. It's all meshed in. He said it a totally different way, but it's true, right? There's there's realities where God is not surprised by lasers or nuclear bombs or cell phone technology. None none of it. None of it is surprising to God. It's new to us because we discover these things
2: mm-hmm.
0: or somehow, you know what I mean, we happen to to come across the idea of the atomic or the galactic and can And well, God, some
1: people would say aliens or some of these spiritual yes. forces have given mankind these ideas to be able to make these kind of advancements.
0: Exactly. So what is an alien? Hmm. Right? Even the idea of aliens, which is bonkers that this, some of the smartest people, smartest, air quotes for those that are just listening. <laughs> right, the right. smartest people that um, do not believe in God, that are are some atheists, many agnostic, that are just... They would say, we have to admit that there seems to be an intelligent design behind all this, but we conclude that aliens came and seeded this planet. That alone, this, this world's idea of, of, of wisdom, though people that hold it, are the ones that are saying, sure, we admit that there's some kind of design behind this all, but we're going to accredit it to an alien and a ship, that comes down right. and sees this planet. That's an interesting idea, right? Because, and I'm going to get into, the idea of aliens is fascinating for me. Marvel, all that stuff. I'm, I'm grouping it all in because there's, a, there, did you know, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan. I like listening to all that stuff.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting guy.
0: <laughs> there's literally people yeah. that do a drug, DMT. Right. And they're mapping out some kind of other dimension, right and mm-hmm. saying that they're interacting with these multi-dimensional beings bro like, it doesn't it's not hard to connect the dots right and if, it's if, not
1: hard and if any of you guys haven't heard joe rogan talk about this um it maybe it's just because you don't listen to joe rogan um because i think he talks about this stuff pretty often mm-hmm. but he had an episode where he had mike tyson on mm-hmm. and i don't remember what the drug was called
0: they're like lick a toad or do something weird with some right and drug. Oh. it
1: kind of changed mike tyson's whole it changed his life yeah you know he started to love people more and Mm -hmm. you know he said he don't hate anyone anymore he doesn't want to fight which was weird that he started boxing again after Mm -hmm. i I listened to that i thought he was really done yeah um but at first i'm thinking like these people are hallucinating Mm -hmm. and maybe on some level they are but um they all seem to be having this same kind of experience Mm -hmm. where they're they say that they're making contact with some other like not human type um, of a thing where they would say it's aliens or some type of a spirit world Mm -hmm. um, that they are able to kind of tap into, you know? And and so the world has their ideas about all of this stuff. Mm. Um, Some people are involved in these things and they realize, man, hold on, this is demonic. Mm. Um, Some people get so caught up in it and they can't distinguish, you know, whether or not this is a good or, or a bad thing. Um, but they attribute a lot of things to making contact with something other than, um, obviously, the God of of Scripture and wisdom that we have that God has given us. Really, mm. the foundation of all of these things is God himself. Um, but God's not enough. You know, mm. we're always looking away from God into these other things that he created, um, and we worship those things. Yes. Um, but anyway, I'll, I, I'll let you continue. But, yeah, if you guys are interested in... Seeing what that world view looks like for someone mm. who's caught up in it, listen to the episode with Joe Rogan and mike tyson mm. um even like it, it's it's a fascinating i think conversation mm-hmm. um even though I disagreed with a lot of what was said, yes, when you listen to them guys talk like you'll you'll be caught up in you'll be caught up in the conversation at least
0: mm. it makes me think of um who I forget what rapper was it Bob Deep I forget it says it's a war going on outside, no man is safe from. There is a war going on. Right, Nobody's safe. Not one of us. Not one. There's a reason why Paul says what he says. He's Mm -hmm. not just saying it like, yo, it'd be a good idea if y'all be spiritual because, you know, there's some kind of like stuff that's floating around that's, you know, could, could mess with you. Every once in a while a demon like come up, pop up. That's the only time you hear people, oh, man, somebody was acting weird at church, so we had to surround them. And It's like, yo, there are spiritual evils for real, mm-hmm. and you're in danger. Well, and you just read it. <laughs> it's a war. This is dangerous. How
1: dangerous? Well, we're called to put on this armor of God, mm. right? The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of faith, and, you know, these different things, the sword, right? And mm. um, this is a real battle. If yes. it, if it was something that we didn't have to worry about, what are we putting armor on for? Yes, right. So these are very important important things to consider for
0: anybody that's ever been in a street fight. The moment you get punched in your face, your hands are going to start going up because mm-hmm. you don't it don't feel like you're going to realize like oh snap
1: that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I just
0: got hit. I just right. got rocked. Let me let me guard up a little bit. Right. Let me take let me protect myself. And you better be armed with something to strike back too. Which we see a great example in Matthew chapter four with the Lord Jesus and his interaction with Satan, mm. right? And he, even t- Satan twisting Scripture at him, right? And him responding with Scripture, right? Let's so let's let's go, let's dive. He's keep yeah. I'm well, let, keep going off.
1: Let's dive in. So let's yeah. let's break this down a little bit. And mm-hmm. so obviously you have this theme in Ephesians, yeah, as Paul is writing and he's talking about. These beings mm. that are not humans, mm-hmm. and uh, he calls them rulers and authorities. Yes. And so, who are these rulers, and, and what kind of authority um, do you understand that they have?
0: Yeah. One, I would say I don't know. I don't think, I don't think we have enough of the picture to fully know. Um, but I think there's some things we can know. Uh so let's stay in Ephesians quick just cuz I think Ephesians gives us a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. So in Ephesians 2, good old reform passage. <laughs> I love I love my reformed brothers and sisters by the way. I'm not I'm not trying to diss you too much, but for all the people who just blindly are reformed, I'm trying to wake you up. Mm. Wake up. <laughs> Ephesians 2 um, says this I think here we have some clues as to there was a prince of the power of the air that Paul, who's a Jew, is saying, talking to Gentiles, largely, Mm -hmm. I believe, in the Ephesian church. He's saying, we all were following this spirit, prince of the power of the air. It says the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. I think that I think, again, I think, take note that this spirit is Satan. I think that when we are dead, and, dead in our trespasses and sins, not regenerated, not born again, um, we were all following the course of this world. We were all children of satan we were all behaving like him so jesus at one point uh i believe it was to the pharisee says your father satan mm. like of your father the devil yeah yeah like we were doing the things we were imaging that one that liar that deceiver that thief that murderer you see what i mean mm-hmm. that was what we were imaging when you're in christ when you are a child of god you will bear fruit you will you will image him you will have love and joy peace patience you will bear the fruit of the spirit right the in galatians it it clearly shows the things that are of the flesh and that which is of the spirit so you can tell if you're of the flesh if you do those things that are of the flesh if you're in the spirit you will do those things that are in accord with the spirit so i think that here in ephesians 2 we have uh, a little bit of a picture of that rulers and authority. I would also um, look at passages like Daniel 10, and he's saying that there's a prince. So we could just go there quick in Daniel 10. Daniel 10, what's the passage? Uh, starting at verse. You can start at verse 7.
1: 7. Yeah. To which verse?
0: Um, down to, I think, 14.
1: All right. Want me to read it then? You could. Yeah. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and sent me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help Uh, Came to help me for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to me uh, and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for days yet to come.
0: So. There's a lot here I don't understand, but there's things here that I think give clue that there are powers. authorities, so to say. That have regions that they seem to have control of in ways. And when I say control, God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. God is sovereign. Put a pin in <laughs> in in this conversation as we'll go to Job one, and I think we'll find some other things there that may help to to make some clarity of what's happening, I think. Okay. Um, but I would say that um there seems to be territory that's controlled by certain spiritual beings. Um, in this case, this prince.
1: So from your understanding, are you saying uh these rulers mm-hmm. um obviously being led by the Prince of the Power of the Heirs, who I agree would be Satan. mm mm-hmm. um, Him and his demons, Mm -hmm. right? So you're saying that their authority obviously is limited um, under the sovereignty and the decree of God. Yes. And you would also say that their authority is limited regionally. Yes.
0: Potentially, or do you think... I think from what we can gather here and in other passages like this, I think it is... They don't have... I don't... They're not omnipresent like God. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. There is no other. God is the only one who is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. I, I forget which rapper said it. Maybe Shy or Tim said something like need as a creature word. I think it was Tim. We don't know what. We do know that even Satan, who seems to be the strongest of the spiritual beings, the serpent, the dragon, right, this adversary, we know that he was created, and we also know that he is not omniscient. He is not all these omnis, right? We don't know the needs, so to say, of these beings. We know that they are limited. They they cannot be at every place at all times. Right. Their reach. I'm not saying that they don't have a far reach, and that they're not. It's. I think it's much different than what we in our um, encapsulated, you know, bodies. Right. Like, I mean, and, we, and
1: to go back to what you were saying earlier, as far as this battle. Yes. Um, if we look at it, I mean, you're in the in the military. Yeah. And so if if we are in battle, and mm-hmm. I'm leading this army, let's mm-hmm. say, I'm gonna have this platoon stationed here i'm gonna have this one over here we got Mm -hmm. the navy gonna be on the sea Mm -hmm. um and so if this is a battle against um if this is satan's battle against the elect of god Mm -hmm. right um he i would i could see that being set up the same way like you said we know this you know we we see through a glass dimly in a lot of different ways right yeah um but i can see how they could be set up regionally or, mm-hmm. you know, occupying mm-hmm. certain territories for a certain kind of um, oppression um, to bring about what whatever it is that like like we like we both agree that it's all under mm-hmm. God's sovereign sovereign decree. Yeah. Um, and, and so anyway, I just wanted to to kind of tie that in there.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure we have enough. I think there seems to be some type of and I don't even know to say. This is a stretch, to to say a hierarchy. Even the idea of demons, right, mm-hmm. and and angels, we have categories from tradition that say we have a lot of categories from tradition <laughs> that would paint the supernatural or spiritual better spiritual I would say because supernatural is uh, maybe I'll I'll differentiate at some point where I why I would say both of those words and, and think they're both important, but um, go back. I think tradition tells us that (laughs) tradition for some people might be angels are like these really beautiful, um, you know, fair looking humanoids that have wings that like play harps. Right. And, you know, and then demons are basically those that, fell so now they might look a little bit different maybe a little uglier and they're kind of just like raggedy they jump into people and animals that they might be red they might or or if you know you're saying well you know they come as an angel of light so they actually might be more pretty they might look like a celebrity might look Mm. and they jump into people and they jump out of people like i think that even what we see in ephesians 6 um let me go back to the hierarchy idea of it all, Um, I think there seems to be some type of uh, governance amongst how the spiritual works. And if we're going to use earthly military terminology, a chain of command, so to say, but at the end of the day, God calls what's going to be allowed and what's not going to be allowed so who's ultimately in all chains of command this god is sovereign mm-hmm. he's in all chains of command <laughs> so let's go to job one because okay. i think i think we'll, we see some interesting things that um can't just be easily dismissed and unfortunately a lot of the commentaries we'll read literally will just skip over hard stuff and it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we people have questions. If you're actually reading this to know God and to understand, you should stop when something doesn't make sense, or you're like, "Yo, what was that? Like right. that's kind of weird." Don't just brush it off. Just look into it. Like take time. Yeah, job one. Yeah, and I, I don't like when commentaries
1: do that. Yeah. You know, because uh, there might be a specific text you're wrestling with, and you're like, "Okay, so what are? Let's see what some scholars are." Some people that we respect, you know, how do they view this verse? And I think transparency is great. Mm. Um, it's not really transparent just to leave it blank. It would be nice to kind of read in there, you know, uh, not so much speculation, mm-hmm. but at least to say, you know, either look here, mm. you can maybe get a better understanding by considering these other texts mm. or to flat out say, you know, I don't know I don't what know. this verse is yeah. talking about. <laughs> um But anyway, let's look at this Job 1 passage.
0: Job 1. Um, We'll start at verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him? on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. We'll pause. So, Sons of God, I believe it, uh, if you want to look this up, I think it's Southern Baptist Seminary, Southeastern, one of those. If you look up Sons of God, um, and you type in on YouTube, like, you there's a professor that he talks about like what that terminology sons of God is almost exclusively going to in the Old Testament it's going to be talking about sons of God being uh divine or or uh uh spiritual beings right you'll see sons of God in genesis six um here you're seeing sons of God sons of God is basically lowercase g gods I think um, I'm convinced um, that we can go to those Genesis passages where I think we also find a lot of clues on what's happening in the spiritual and and I think it ties into the entire story of the Bible um, but Job 1 I think here we see that there's a reporting happening They're presenting themselves before God um, These sons of God And Satan is amongst them The Satan or the adversary um, Is amongst these sons of God Um, So the idea that God has uh, Allows access to him In a way and there's dialogue. Would you say Satan is that mediator? <laughs>
2: no. <I laughs> between
1: um, the demons and God? Mm-mm. Like, is. What I'm saying is, I'm not sure if we see this in the text at all, but are there instances where any other fallen angel other than Satan has any kind of communication
0: with God? I think so. Yeah. Uh, 1 Kings, uh, we'll start at verse 19, 22, 1 Kings 22, verse 19. And Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing beside him, on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said one thing, and another said another. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord, saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, By what means? And he said, I will go out and will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, You are to entice him, and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster for you. Hmm. I think <laughs> right, right. that this was not just. Uh, let me say this too. I don't think that these stories are here. Whether it's Moses and you see crazy stuff happening, or this this vision, for, or I don't think this is just like this is a good thing to kind of throw in to kind of say what happened actually in the physical, you know, and is just the real reality these are just mythical stories that are kind of just you know (laughs) that whole splitting of the red sea that was just like a metaphor like we got away Hmm. no i think the stuff actually happened i think the stuff is important right right (laughs) i think it's like yo we are so this is talking a little bit to the cessationist idea and to the idea of people who are so afraid of supernatural because they've been abused in right. some Pentecostal church or something crazy, right? We if you want to downplay the reality of the supernatural or spiritual, you are you are really treading on dangerous ground because resurrection is right there with that. Right. 1 Corinthians 15. Once you take that away, like you might as well be going doing something else. Go lay up with some chick. Go smoke weed smoke crack <laughs> while out like it don't it doesn't matter yeah go go live this meaningful life to the full whatever full is for you go gamble go build an empire do do what you're gonna do because it doesn't matter
1: yeah and it doesn't
0: matter if you take away the supernatural aspect of, of reality jesus actually rose from the dead right is he actually ascended he actually is coming back. He's mm-hmm. actually going to stare you in the eyeballs. Actually. That should create a little bit of, mm, right. Oh snap. Right. This is for real. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't believe anything I'm saying right now, then like might as well why even listen to this podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just for your yeah, I don't I don't get it. I wouldn't. If I didn't actually believe in the resurrection, if I didn't actually believe in the lord jesus like he's actually ascended and somewhere right now preparing a place for us actually i won't i wouldn't be sitting here bro i'd be doing something else not that i wouldn't want to hang out with you (laughs) cool people we just might be talking about something else else, like (laughs) right right i don't know i'm sure there's a bunch of people who wasted their time thinking that they were doing the things of the lord but he's gonna say to them i never knew you Hmm that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day let me let i I lost my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) many 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 preachings in in between all this so
1: we're so we're talking about uh the importance of obviously looking into these things and that these things are realities like this really happened you know this lying spirit that was allowed to be put into these individuals yes um, but that satan isn't maybe the only one who so. has interaction with God as far as communication and um and and basically being given the the um the green light yeah to go and do some of these things. Mm. Um we know God has his purposes and mm. uh his ways are not our ways. We we can't even begin to understand um the intricacies of God's will and decree mm. In real time Mm. I think we can understand it from an aerial shot Mm. um, Seeing the redemptive plan of God Throughout scripture Mm. Um, All things work together for good For those who are called and and love God How are all these things working together For our good How can God say that Unless he has sovereign control Over all things that happen Um, And to an extent um, Even the negative things that that happen Sure, Um, And we see Again, this interaction between, you know, some would say the devil is God's devil. Mm. (laughs) Um, And so all of these are very interesting things that can really cause us to pause. It can really turn us off Mm. uh, when you think like, hold on. So God is allowing some of these things to happen. Mm. Um, Again, there's mystery in a lot of these things also. And so we want to really speak clearly and boldly about these things that We know for certain. And then there's also that level of like we already kind of you already alluded to of we're still learning these things. Mm. Um, Some of these things we will never know on this side Mm. of eternity. Yes. Um, But, yeah, these are real things that that happen. Anyway, you can kind of continue. That's kind
0: of where your your train of thought was going, I think, at that point. So Psalm 82, which ties in with John 10 when Jesus quotes Psalm 82. Let's Mm. let's go ahead and go there. I'm not sure I want to jump to John 10 yet because I would love to do some things in Genesis. Okay. How much time we got by the way?
1: Um we got a, we got about a an hour.
0: Ooh, too too <laughs> good. I you love got, it.
1: <laughs> got about an hour right now.
0: All right. So, Psalm 82. And and this stuff is argued about. You know, the scholars, people that are are have spent decades in this stuff, argue about this stuff. So, I want my my desire is to is to see so what is clear what what is um what seems to be clear what seems to be things that we can say okay I don't really know this or that but what can I derive from this to be like oh snap okay um there is actual spiritual beings there is actually like and I hope to build a case for that but even beyond that if you're a person that's like I'm not really convinced at everything you're saying lem um at the end of the day, Paul's worldview and the New Testament writers, which we'll, we'll look at some of that too, Lord willing, they have a very spiritual and supernatural worldview, and you have to take that away. And you have to consider that in your life. I don't care if you don't believe the gift of tongues is not is or isn't today. I, 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 could care, I could care less, or I couldn't care less, whichever one. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There's things that you better care about concerning what I'm saying because it's real. Right. And it's in your house. Right. And <laughs> let's not be passive
1: when it comes to these things that we come across <clears throat> where we don't have clarity or understanding. We don't know what it's talking about. Like you said, it's there for a reason. yeah. Um, and these are things that we should pray about. Um, mm-hmm. We should be studying the scripture to see, um, you know, what we can come away with. It's, it's there for a reason. Yeah. But we have to be careful you know in these things mm. You know what I mean we have to yes. be careful We have to be careful who we listen to Because um, a lot of people will Write books and books and books mm-hmm. Volumes and volumes On something that Is kind of brushed over mm-hmm. What seem to be brush, brushed over in scripture mm-hmm. um, But you have all these books And books and books and sometimes I think um, we might be better off um, Leaning more On the mystery side of Of it where we kind of you got to embrace at some level that we not we're not going to walk away with understanding of everything but I do believe also um as we pray mm. um on these things and ask God for clarity mm-hmm. um he will reveal yes. these things to us sure you know and and maybe someone would argue that's how they have these volumes and volumes and volumes mm. <laughs> um but at the end of the day we have the objective word of God that we have to test those things with yes um and so so anyway Go, you can go ahead.
0: Um, yeah. I want to keep going on some of the things you said, but I, I'm going <laughs> to control myself. I'm throwing you off. This is, a, <laughs> this is a little different
1: than than obviously how I usually usually yeah. do a podcast where I'm doing an interview or mm-hmm. I'm kind of leading the discussion. Yeah. Um. I, I think like this, this conversation. Right. This is becoming more of a kind of learning and considering and looking into these things together. This is kind of mm-hmm. like in real time because when you first – approach me with this i'm like well this is an area that
0: i should be spending more time digging into i think it's an essential yeah when i say essential what i'm saying is jesus is god essential right that there's an actual spiritual world essential right like i, I fear too often in our doctrinal statements if good doctrinal statements of faith we kind of don't touch on the realities of of Sometimes it'll say, you know, you actually believe there's a heaven and hell, sign off. You actually believe that there's a, <laughs> right, right. a Satan, sign off. Like, yeah, sign off, like, know what you're signing off on. And this, to me, is one of those, this is, not the I thinks, I'm saying here, the things that I think I can confidently say, I believe this is what this is talking about. Right. Uh, and these are foundational
1: to the point of what we experience in the physical Yes, is influenced by this spiritual reality that's outside of our physical existence Mm -hmm. and so even in all of our doctrinal agreements and our statements and Mm -hmm. um what does it look like for the christian to persevere and what does it look like for the christian to struggle and like Mm. all these different things that we kind of flesh out there's an influence Mm. (laughs) that is very much uh coming from this this spiritual realm so so yeah i agree this is something that i think we can overlook and and mm-hmm. and really not understand even the things that are happening because we're not considering um, these things, and you get caught up in the fight against flesh and blood and all these other things, and it's like no, there's this
0: outer influence. There's a different fight that that should be be taking place. Yes, and it is happening. If you're not aware of it, and you're just God is God is gracious and He's He is sovereign and He's kind to protect His children, and if if you aren't necessarily saying. Every day, like, Lord, please protect me, deliver me from evil. Like the psalm would say, deliver us from evil. Um, God is still kind and merciful to his children and will deliver his children from evil. But this is a way we should pray. This is a way Mm -hmm. we should think. Um, uh, Excuse me, that was uh, Jesus praying, actually. Uh, when he was teaching how to pray, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." Thy yeah, pray like on. this. Yeah, the deliver us from the evil,
1: disciples' right? prayer. Yeah, when you pray. Yeah, pray like this.
0: <laughs> um, let me go on. Let me keep going. So now, so uh, now Psalm we're in John ten. All yeah, no, uh, right, Psalm eighty two. It will. It will tie to John ten, which is that deity, though, right? Like right. Jesus saying, "I and the Father one." We'll go there, but Psalm eighty two. I don't want to quite go there yet, but Psalm eighty two. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said you are God's. Sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. (laughs) This passage of scripture, especially if you have been around any type of cultish or like... Religion mm. like that has been taken in all different kinds of ways. Some people are like, yo, see, we're all gods. Mm. I'm God. You're God. What's up, God? Like, right, right. <laughs> what? Like, are you this in the ancient Near East? They're underst- when they read this, they literally were not thinking, oh, me and you are God. I could say that pretty confidently. Some, pe- I, I, some people would argue, well, no, they're talking about the elders or the, the leaders of that time being the God, the judges, I don't agree with that. A scholar might argue that. I don't think that that. I don't think that that's consistent. I definitely disagree with the five percent or whoever is like, nah, this is we're all gods, right? No, uh, no, how? <laughs> how are you? How are anyway? Um, I disagree, right? I think what this is saying is God's actually in the midst of. A divine council of little g, lowercase g, gods, actual spiritual beings. And they're facing judgment. And he's telling them that they're actually going to die like people, like mere men. And fall like any prince, any authority on earth, I think. Uh, Psalm 89, I think. You can tether these two together. Uh, if you go to Psalm 89, start at verse 5. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord, a God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him? O Lord God of hosts who is mighty who is mighty as you are O Lord with your faithfulness all around you I think <laughs> this is actually talking about spiritual beings mm-hmm. and I think the same holy ones in Psalm 82 I think they're the same ones I think there's a council around God I think it's the same group that probably is in 1 Kings I think it's I think that There's an element of what we see in Job one. I think that because there's let me say this there's scriptures that talk about in the New Testament, especially there's some interesting texts like in Jude that talk about angels falling. We could just go there quick, and then I want to go to Genesis because I keep saying I want to, but which chapter of Jude? (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> turn your Bibles to first Hezekiah <laughs> uh, corny jokes all right in June start a verse let's just start at verse five. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroys the destroyed those who did not believe. Yet, in like manner, these people also rely on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael contended with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them. He goes on. It just reminds me of like back in the day in Christian hip-hop. Like, y'all blast the devil with my full stuff. I don't think so, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there seems to be uh, spiritual beings that I think it's what we see in Genesis 6. We're doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing. And those were specific angels that got locked up. Like literally locked up, maybe locked up today. I'm not sure how that works, <clears throat> depending on your eschatological views. I I'm not an expert in that stuff, but it seems pretty clear. And I think this, I think some of that was from Enoch, which is a whole other conversation too. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, like, this is the kind of stuff. Again, pause. This is the kind of stuff. Just lean into it. It's not going to hurt you. God is going to help you If you're his He's going to help you right. Through these things yep. Just because something Comes from the book of Enoch And the, and we don't Hold it as canon Doesn't mean you have to be all
1: Look yeah. into it You just understand it rightly For for what it is It's not scripture Right Yeah it, It's something that you Prayerfully Read through And mm-hmm. see what's in there That you know What in the scripture Came from that Yes In a sense um, What's alluded to Yes In that book um, maybe look at it, yeah, <laughs> you know Actually. we look, right, we look at tons of things, um you know, Paul quoting um the poets mm. right, um, no, it's not scripture at all, mm-hmm. but there's no problem with, okay, what else was said in that, yeah, you know it it we learn. As we look into these different things, it gives us a,
0: a, a certain perspective. We gain context, right, to the audience of that time. Yeah, but we just can't. Mindset.
1: We just can't get to the point where these things are elevated to the point of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's a very different. Uh, it's a very different kind of uh, piece of piece of literature in in that sense, right? Yes. It's not God speaking to His people, mm. um, in that book. Right, mm-hmm. God can use different things, absolutely. But this is the very yes. word of God itself.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be talked about regarding that. Um, I know that's not why you Genesis. brought it up. Yeah. i know I keep throwing you off. <laughs> I have a lot of things in my mind right now. Let's let's do go to Genesis because I think I think it's it may be helpful for some people to see kind of like the lattice of of. How some of these This thinking comes together Um, Big You know Picture Pull back um, If you don't mind Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I'm going to do a quick How much time again? Um, We still got a while Okay good So There's things I'm going to say I think in here again I'm going to keep stressing that Because it's a lot of I thinks And then there's things that I think are very clear um, so Genesis 1, it's very clear that God is the, the, uh, the source of creation. God is the source of creation. And um, I'll start at uh, what I think is something I want to point out in, in that creation. Genesis 1, starting at verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And it goes on. So, human beings are created in the image of God. Very interesting, which is very debated, is God... That plural us, let us make man, is God saying, let us, the Trinity, let us just talking as like a king would talk, let us do this. Is he talking to the heavenly hosts? I don't know. But I think if I were to lean one way, he's talking to the heavenly hosts, but it's the one that says, so God created himself now is creating mankind in his likeness and image. Yeah, I would actually
1: um, disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the <clears throat> who is the us, mm-hmm. um, I actually did an episode where I was going through these different passages um, that kind of makes it clear that although the being of God, there is one God, there's this plurality yes. about this one being. Mm-hmm. um And so like that verse 26 and 27, because you have all of these different statements, Mm -hmm. God said, let there be light, God did this, God did that. Um, And then you get to verse 26
2: Uh
1: where God says, let us. Yes. (laughs) Um, And it's not so much of just a conversation. um, Mm -hmm. It's actually a conversation of inclusion Mm -hmm. um, because let us make. So this is something that the us is doing together. Mm -hmm. And so, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Mm-hmm. And so, the 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 thought there has to be that this is this us that is creating, mm-hmm.
0: right? Us, as in humanity and God. No, or no, God. It, well, us. at this point, is Trinity, basically. Right at
1: the okay. at this point, it's just the idea or the understanding that the us mm-hmm. is what created mankind. Okay. Um. And then the conclusion of that, uh-huh. so that there's no speculation, is verse it's 27. Yes. In the image of God, he created them. Man and female, he created them, right? Yes. And so this us
2: mm-hmm.
1: has to be God mm-hmm. because it's this one image that man was created in. And yeah. they were created in the image of God. God created them. And then you have other texts that talk about um, what is the, the Isaiah passage. Uh, 2244 or forty-four 20, I forget which one it is, mm-hmm. um, but that he alone mm-hmm. did these things. Yes. And so for the Trinitarian, we take these texts along with the other scripture that shows that he sends forth his spirit and they are mm-hmm. created. Yes. Um, and then we understand this text a li- with a little bit more light because it's not mm-hmm. definitive. This isn't a verse on the Trinity, yeah. right? It's just a verse that's saying... Mankind was created by a plurality, something that is plural, mm-hmm. right? Yet at the same time, we know that God is one. Sure. So this is one of those things where we can say, the term Trinity is not in the Bible. Uh-huh. But this concept of God being one, yet something about him is plural, mm-hmm. this text screams that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Unless we want to say, because the us created. Sure. The us can't be the angels because mm-hmm. we're not created in their image and verse yeah. 27 says we were created in the image of God uh-huh um and so so i I'm not saying that you wasn't you wouldn't yeah, yeah. agree with that but I'm a lot I mean, more a
0: little bit what yeah, I'm, yeah. Saying. I'm
1: a lot more clear
0: I want to be a lot more clear sure. on what this text I agree is, with and you is not saying and that what is clear is that God created humanity right the us though why why I think he's speaking to a let us create because one I, I the means by which god does anything right mm-hmm. um and i'm sure did you get into the whole angel of the lord peace and that's something i'm looking okay, forward to getting okay. into <laughs> okay <So, laughs> but that doesn't mean anyway, you can't share it i don't want i don't want to bear too off got you why i would say i i have the us allowing for the heavenly host, is because of other passages in this this literary section of Genesis 1 to 11. So again, where we would see us is in chapter 3, after the fall. Mm -hmm. Let's go down. uh, Well, that's in 11. Um, It says in in chapter 3, it says this, um, verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us Mm -hmm. in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. So I think this is again, this is in the I think category. I think that us is he's again. I think, I think. <laughs> i'm not i I am for sure that God is the the creator alone he gets credit his means by which he does anything i don't think I think that's <laughs> you can go a lot of different ways into this. you could say is evolutionary creation a part of you know God's plan maybe I don't know i'm not i I don't know is it a literal six day literal like how did God actually do these things I think you know, I think that the Lord Jesus himself had a role in creation of humans. Um, I think that God actually took a rib out of Adam, actually, and created a woman. And I think that that is mind-blowing of a surgery and of a scientific <laughs> thing that happened, actually. Um, so when I say us, I think that I don't know. I think the us is speaking to the heavenly host, and I think that includes... Um, the. Uh, I think the same us is what we see in Genesis 3, 22. And I think that knowing good and evil piece specifically makes me say, huh, that gives me a clue that, that knowing good and evil. Not that God can't know evil, because he's not... He's not evil. He know he knows all things, and it's not going to affect his goodness. Because he would know evil. Nevertheless, that knowing of evil, I think, could also be the fact that the spiritual beings know evil in a they are evil type of way. Well,
1: especially after you consider the fall, Look, and it, that God will allow being. none of that in His presence. Um, but right,
0: I think so. but go ahead. right,
1: but I have to make this clear, also, sure. when we're talking about the creation piece, yeah. we know what the scripture says in in John chapter one, right, that yes. all things talking about Jesus yes. was made through him, and yes. without him was not anything made that was made absolutely. um, I think it's Colossians chapter one, we see this these things also um, yes. in Hebrews, you alone laid the foundation of the world,
0: yes, now again, the trinitarian there's a scripture that said he created the the spiritual beings he created the angels right so, to say. so uh, yes right. and and we
1: don't have a day and mm-hmm. maybe this is something that maybe you you've looked into more but on what day did god create right like when exactly I did the fall <laughs> of you know satan yeah happen mm-hmm. on a timeline yeah you know some of these things are more of a mystery to mm-hmm. us or we just haven't taken enough time to consider what the scripture says about that. I'm open for that as well. For me, I know. Yeah. But when we when we're talking about the context of God creating man in this mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. I can't see any room for anything other than God Himself. Sh- sure. Being involved in the us. Okay. In that passage. Yeah. Because the us was involved. Yeah. Um, but then again, we look at these other scriptures. Uh huh. All things that was made was made through christ christ was uh christ was used Mm -hmm. right the father created all things through through the son yeah right and again like i said he sends forth his spirit and they are created Mm -hmm. and so the spirit is involved um Mm -hmm. and so when we're looking at the text when we consider all of scripture and we're talking about god's act in creation the only uh let's say individuals or persons or it's kind of hard to put terms yeah. to things because you don't want to you don't want to say the wrong thing um, but as far as on the creative side of things mm-hmm. as far as creation, you see God, okay. which we many times attribute to the father um, and then we see his son, and we see the spirit uh-huh. being involved in actually
0: creating. creating yes,
1: and we see these authorities, these little gods, these yes. rulers um having a particular authority sure. and influence over <laughs> this creation i don't know if if even over the creation is the right term but this influence yeah. um, and we see the manifestation of of this
0: influence let let, let me say i agree mm-hmm. god is the creator could god as creator use other means to do his could he use a means to do what he wants to accomplish. I think. And, and, so again, we're dealing with so Genesis one to eleven, which I think some scholars take too far in looking at this as a uh, mythological, even though it has mythological genre, so to say. There, there's other uh, ancient texts that have a seven day creation and have elements of what we would see in this kind of talk, you know, I think not because it's just a mythology and that, you know, Noah's flood didn't actually happen and all that stuff, or there was just a big flood and everybody mythologized it, if that's even a word, <laughs> in their own way. I think it's the actual thing that happened and it got twisted in other ways and the scriptures are the one that is of the true account. So I think Genesis one creation is authentic. I think it's real. I I do think it's in a genre. I do think it's in a a certain language to be understood in a certain way, not necessarily a scientific way. um, But I'm saying all this to to go to another scripture where I think could talk towards why I'm thinking this. So in Proverbs, which again is wisdom literature and Mm -hmm. is going to be read a certain kind of way, um, Proverbs chapter 8, We see wisdom personified, right? And the way that... Just just hear this talk. Um, I'll start at verse 22 in chapter 8 of Proverbs. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His work, at the first of His acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water before the mountains had been shaped before the hills i was brought forth before he had made the earth with its with its fields or the or the first of the dust of the world when he established the heavens i was there when he drew a circle on the face of the deep when he made firm the skies above when he established the fountains of the deep when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was his, de- and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and the delighting in the children of man. And it goes on. So, is wisdom an actual being? Like it's personified here, no, I don't necessarily think so. God was always wise, right there, there's there's things there's things we're speaking on right now that we can only talk so far on because we're finite, and I'm not smart. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a very intelligent human. I'm a probably a very average human being. In thinking and my mind is going to go tilt before many others but before we can actually grasp the depths of all these things everybody's mind goes tilt way before actually grasping Mm. you know what i'm saying so how god's wisdom in the in the 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 writer of proverbs 8 probably solomon in his writing of these things like and he's writing this is it just to be like have a dope pen like a, you <laughs> right, know like right. an mc and be like yo i'm a, watch how i freak this like right right i don't i don't this is holy spirit inspired and i don't know how this all plays into actual like how stuff was but i don't i don't remove that from the the category mm. so to say so there is a system that god has set forth that includes physics and Einstein's theory of relativity, relativity, even though it's not Einstein's, because it was before Einstein could have comprehended. It. You see, you see what I mean? Like there's things that, and I don't even know if I'm speaking about this right, because I'm not a physicist or a mathematician. But there's there is there are rules. One plus one equals two, and things that are way beyond that that God always had. But there's a system in this universe that is, and it seems like proverbs 8 seems to include so how can i say this in? this is hard <laughs> this is hard to even talk about i think it was in wayne grudem's the uh, systematic theology book but the like a bridge version he said something about miracles that i found fascinating he said something to the effect of like are miracles god breaking the rules of logic and, of like mm-hmm. how this world is or is it a tapping into something we just don't have access to currently for instance right now mm. people are listening to my voice if if this were live before my voice if it was loud enough and strong enough to project the sound waves to let's say somebody in Japan that might be listening to this before my voice could reach their ear it would take a very long time right. long longer than they're actually hearing my voice but my voice the sound waves of my voice are going into this microphone somehow being translated into something fast like the speed of light bouncing off of a Mm
2: -hmm. satellite
0: (laughs) coming down to their handheld or device being retranslated back into a sound wave almost instantaneously right. and going into their ear there's principles and rules that govern all the things that i just said right i i just lost my train of thought cuz this is getting so abstract that i'm like <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying all this to say i think god could use other things that he's already set up
2: mm-hmm.
0: to even in creation like rules is he the one? So remember back when we we were in that passage that it said, "Then the Lord is the one who sent the lying spirit." Right. Right. The one that lying spirit's the one that came up and said, "I'll go entice him," and God, God said, God "Yeah, the, he's the one." He that's gets given the credit the th- for it, right? Because it's his. It's unfolding
1: in his redemptive or his uh, decree, but right? to his amen will. Amen.
0: What you're saying, mm-hmm. I agree. God is the creator; mm-hmm. no other being gets credit. And I'm not saying that some angel had a uh, uh, play informing how Adam looked. I think it was the hand of the Lord, mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus, right. But, but in other, in some instances,
1: you have God using obviously these rulers and authorities mm-hmm. to accomplish His His will. Yes, um, we 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 see different things in Scripture, like you said, these passages that the reform circles that mm. we love is like Romans chapter nine. Mm. You know where we see that it was. Excuse me, God who hardens Pharaoh's heart. Yes, right. That it's God who allows these things to take place for His own glory, mm. His own purposes, um, and so yeah, I would say, and I'm sure you agree yeah. that there's a separation there between yeah. the act again, and I'm going to yeah. keep hammering no, away. No, no, I'm with you, right, I'm with right, because I don't
0: want to be heretical. Right at there's the same no time, creator.
1: Right, right, and people listening in are going to have their perception of what they believe that you're saying.
0: I, I hope people are like yelling yeah. at this and arguing and interacting, which is know? which yeah, is good because that's what, that's what I, my heart is. Right, because we want you to think deeply about these
1: things, also. And like you mm. said, take what's happening here, go to the Lord in prayer, mm. open up your Bible. Yes. Hopefully, you're following along at the same time, and you're probably seeing things that we missed. Mm. yes you know what i mean and hopefully there's things put it that, in the
0: comment sections
1: right put in the comments <laughs> hopefully there's things that maybe you missed that yeah. this conversation is bringing clarity on yeah. but we're thinking through and considering these things yeah. like real time like yeah. we have a outline of things that we definitely want to get to sure um but this is a very real uh-huh. conversation sometimes yeah. i i ha- had some conversations in the past that i thought were so dope Mm. And I'm like, man, if only that conversation was recorded, mm. you know, sometimes when you're not guided by an outline and then yeah. like God is just dropping these, these things on your mind and, mm-hmm. and you just openly sharing without the pressure of the lights and the camera and the microphone. Mm. Um, and you can never really capture, I think those kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's seeming like that's sort of what this, this, conver- what this yeah. is kind of turning into, which I think is, is good because this is a different than what my listeners are used to, uh-huh. um, Hopefully, this is something that they're benefiting from this at the same is my time, favorite. right? Right. <laughs> this is my favorite style, <laughs> right? Right. And 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 we don't know everything, yeah. You know, I, I definitely don't. Yeah. And so and so, give us grace at, at the same time, but but I just want to be clear on you know what we're saying, what we're not saying. Yes. Um, yes. And we're not
0: we're not leaving things open
1: to, to so many possibilities where we don't have um a definitive
0: thought or understanding of what this is saying yeah you know what i mean i hope you find some like uh clickbait like type of <laughs> title you can put on here <laughs> <Just> <laughs> anyway um let me let me continue because i do think that there's thing and and that genesis one thing is kind of like side my just thought right right like, right. I, I, totally I know that turned into off. a whole yeah, segment. I, I went on but let, let let me go into what i think is clear so genesis three we're very familiar with it um a spiritual being the serpent Satan, the devil, which I think we see in Revelation, we could tie all those together. Um, but I think we all agree that, that that Satan, that serpent, is the devil here. Right. Um, I think most of us would agree anyway. Um, spiritual being comes and interacts with God's humans, his creation, deceives Eve, Adam eats. We know the story. There's, a, there's, a, uh, there's consequences dished out. And the very famous one that's spoken to the serpent, um, verse 14 of chapter 3, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So that, look at that singular, uh, uh, he shall bruise your head. We, I think all in our circles would say that's Jesus crushing the head of the serpent Satan. Um, Go back to those plurals of between your offspring and her offspring I think now you start to play into the genealogies that you're going to see throughout the Bible. um, And there's a lot there. And a lot of people have a lot of differing views. I think that part of that offspring of Satan are those ones who are of him. Whether uh, human or spiritual beings that have chosen evil, that are not part of the elect angels, I think. For sure, I think that includes Mm-hmm. <laughs> I strongly think that definitely would say human beings that are um, dead in their trespasses and sins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was actually um, going to
1: go there as far as saying, like like you said, there's differing views. But I think everyone would have to agree that on that level, mm-hmm. um, who are these offspring of mm-hmm. Satan? Yes. Um, those who are dead in their trespasses and sins Those who are being guided yeah. By um, The spirit that is now at work Of the sons of In the sons of disobedience Yes Right Well
0: who are the sons of disobedience Right mm-hmm. The offspring Of Satan And I say I strongly think mm-hmm. Because You know we're string <laughs> the, the, the danger of doing these kinds of Stringing all these things together like this Is because <sighs> We take what we have and we make the best conclusions based off of what we have. Mm -hmm. There may be things here that I'm not aware of, whether in context of that time or in the minds of the ancient Near East or even in the scriptures that I might just not be aware of or have seen in that light. So, But based off of what I currently know, I really strongly think that Yes, I agree with what you just said. So we'll move on, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, Unless go you ahead. Unless you got something you want to keep chopping there.
1: No, no, go ahead.
0: Um, so i put a pin there because just keep that in mind as I, I keep talking. So I think Cain and Abel's story in Genesis 4 is just showing, like, the seed of the woman is not Cain or Abel because <laughs> Cain is – just killed his brother so it's not Abel because he's (laughs) just got killed right it's not i mean yeah it's not Abel. it's not k because he clearly is not crushing the head of the serpent he just crushed the head of his brother Mm. so to say it's bad bad news Mm. um and then you see a genealogy right that comes on and that offspring language is not just random you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and we see seth's line Genesis 6 comes along, and we see Noah. And you see some very crazy stuff happening (laughs) right before the flood. We'll just read it, Genesis Mm -hmm. 6. When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things, and birds of the heavens. For I am sorry that I have made them, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I'm not going to get into the whole Nephilim piece. That is crazy, (laughs) and I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But what I will say about this is we see Genesis 3, spiritual being, sinfully interacting with humankind, Consequences for all of creation. Genesis 6. Spiritual beings interacting with humankind in a simple way. Consequences for the creation.
2: Hmm.
0: There's a pattern here, I think. Um, so much so God is not happy about what's going on. He's cutting human life down to 120 years, where one time people were living into upper upwards 800, 900 years, Now he's cutting that lifespan down. So now death is even quicker. And he's going to flood the earth. (laughs) Like the whole world is going to change because of this. Which is wild. Um, I'm going to keep going. Because I can keep talking. And I can lose my way in my tangents very quickly. So, world is flooded. Go on. And we know the famous story of Noah's son, Ham, who uncovered the nakedness of his father. Without going crazy deep into why I think what I'm about to say, I think what Ham's sin was not just seeing his father naked. I think Ham's sin was he slept with his mom. And I think that based off of Leviticus, I believe it's 17 or 18 or 19, And the language of uncovering the nakedness of someone is to have sex with. So, uh, just just for the sake of, Mm -hmm. so that the listener's like, yo, this dude's just saying some random stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's also that episode... 18. That, uh... So I'm guessing it was you who put me onto the Naked Bible. Yeah, yeah. Michael that.
0: Heiser does a great job of explaining this. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's I forget what the number of the episode is, but he if you look up Michael Heiser, uh, Noah. I don't know what the name of the title is maybe we can you can put that on I'll the try description to find it or something while you're going, going on. um but I'll just read some of how uh, Leviticus 18 speaks quick none of you shall approach any one of his close relatives to uncovered nakedness I am the Lord you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father which is the nakedness of your mother she is your mother you shall not uncover her nakedness uh, and it goes on but in Genesis chapter um 9 we see the sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth and it goes on to say that in verse 22 and Ham the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside um, that language and the fact that the tent I think it says her tent in the Hebrew it, anyway I just think I think, again, not super important. I'm not going to die on this hill, but I think that he slept with his mom. Why? Because Canaan, this offspring of Ham, that specific offspring is cursed. Why just curse Canaan long? There's other things that might say that doesn't make sense based off of this passage. I just think that, and you listen to the Michael Heiser episode and it'll explain. Yeah,
1: by the way, that's um, Naked Bible Bible podcast uh 159 noah's nakedness the sin of ham and the curse of canaan
0: so a lot of the ideas of stuff that i'm saying i got from michael heiser um there's a a bible which uh, if you can look here niv cultural backgrounds study bible the uh old testament um author of the commentary portion john walton um he he would jive with a lot of the uh, guy. He would jive with a lot of the stuff uh uh cultural stuff anyway that I'm saying not that he would agree or Michael Heiser would agree with what I'm saying but um anyway fast forward just so there's some things you could look into even uh the Bible project would have very similar ish stuff of what I'm saying that's the Bible project right Yep Yeah anyway um so look at, this is uh, something I just want to point out quick. In chapter 10, verse 15, Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvadites, the Zemorites, and the Hamathites. Afterwards, the clans of the Canaanites disperse. And it goes on. The Canaanites are going to be a part of the story. Put a pin in that. Remember the Amorites. Let's keep going. Genesis chapter 11. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Um, Sidebar, that us language again, like in Genesis 1 and 3 is here, um, that us, um, and then God does something. But, whatever. I think what we see happening in and uh, John Walton actually has a good video. I think it's like a seven minute seminary. If you want to look it up on YouTube, um, what's going on at the tower of Babel. Um, uh, uh, so around the world actually are ziggurats, uh, basically like pyramids that are like stepped pyramids. Um, and the idea um, behind the ziggurat was a place where uh, uh the gods could come down. It gave them an easy access point um, to go up and down uh, into heaven and to the earth. Um, what you see, I think it's in Genesis twenty-eight when um, when Jacob has that that dream at Bethel, and uh, he sees like the stairway to heaven. Um, that idea of uh, <sighs> angels coming up and down, ascending and descending, right? I don't want to get too lost in that, but the idea basically was that there's um, an access point. So in Genesis 11, it could be that the people reading this are understanding the humans are creating this thing so that they might make a name for themselves Uh who do the humans want to make a name for themselves in front of, so to say? Um, I think it's the the heavenly, the the um, the heavenly realm. Um, anyway, what happens? We know the story. Language is confused. There's many different languages. Um, Which would be broken up into 70 nations um, And they're dispersed Very interestingly If you look at Acts 2 There's a lot of correlation um, That will be for another day Um, But Right after Genesis 11 Picks up Abram God's Person, God's man God, The one God's going to use His portion, so to say um, And in Genesis 15 uh, In Genesis 12 It's important to note that God's going to bless All the nations, he's going to bless The world through Abram, but in, in Genesis 15 uh, We find something interesting it says this Start at verse uh, 12 12 As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. This isn't talking about American slavery. This is talking about Egypt and this is talking about <laughs> actual people group called the Amorites which we read back in Genesis 10, part of Ham's Canaan's descendants and God saying that their their sin basically hasn't reached its full measure. Um, the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. But when it does, he has a plan to get those people out of there. And in Deuteronomy 18, if you want to go there quick, we see why God is going to get all these people out of Canaan. Um, He's not pleased with what's going on. Start at verse 9 in Deuteronomy 18. When you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, Do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. God is not down with idolatry. God is not down with um, human beings interacting with spiritual beings in an evil way. He he's, is intending for His people to interact with Him. No other spiritual beings. Genesis 3. Interacting with a spiritual being in a sinful way. Genesis 6, interacting with being in a spiritual way. I would say Genesis 11, I think, is human beings trying to interact with spiritual beings in a way that God did not call them to. And consequences, consequences, consequences. Consequences here for the Amorites. Right, this is this is something, and I think you see it in the New Testament too. What God would call idolatry, even sorcery. So what the people uh, that are on Joe Rogan show are doing is sorcery. Mm -hmm. That pharmakeia in the Greek, it is that sorcery that's in the the New Testament says don't do sorcery. It's pharmakeia, and it's like you don't do that stuff. That's occult practices. That is forbidden. Like God's never been down with that. Right. Again, supernatural, spiritual world view. Um, and there is a call to f- always flee those false gods. In Deuteronomy 32, it says some very interesting th- things. And I know we got to keep the show going so we can, we can just, I'll stop there. Because um, I know I said a lot. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, stout, and sleek. Then he forsook God who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. They stirred him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations, they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods that had come recently, whom your fathers had never dreaded. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. So there, ESV uses demons. Um, NIV uses... I think it says gods. It's a false gods. Big, why am I saying any of all of this? God, there is a real spiritual, I think that there are actual demons, like in Matthew 4, and or false gods, however you want to say it. Because demons is, demons, seems to just be a big category for all bad spiritual beings, and angels is just a category for all good spiritual beings right I think it's probably much more complex than that uh but I don't know um let's just for the sake of i think um I would say I think that God is all he was always Displeased with the desire that we see in Matthew chapter 4 of Satan basically just cutting to the chase with Jesus and saying, Just bow down and worship me, and you can have all this. You could have everything if you just bow down and worship me. And Jesus checks him. Right. right? Like, I think that's the heart behind. I mean, let's just look at this. In a, as objectively as we can All around the world you find these ziggurats You find these places of sacrifice To these false gods What's the heart behind their god For these things I think it's worship They want to be worshipped mm-hmm. They want ascribed to them What we would agree is only Should be ascribed to God right. That glory because he is creator Alone right. Because he is omnipotent Because he is omniscient and omnis. Because he is sovereign, God alone deserves that adoration, that, that attention. There's a lot I don't know, but I say that confidently. I think that um, that war that we're in is uh, uh, God is going to get his glory. Mm-hmm. He's going to get his glory one way or another. He's going to be glorified in the soul that repents and believes. He's going to be glorified in the judgment for the one that doesn't and finds themselves in eternal punishment. All beings that find themselves in eternal punishment and all that enjoy his glorious presence, he's going to be glorified one way or another. Absolutely. Period. Um, yeah, I. that's the. That's where I think this is the big picture importance, and this has always been. like. And as you continue to work from Genesis and you continue to go through, you're going to see this over and over and over again, this spiritual reality that the Bible setting is in and that we are in, that Paul would say we're in, and the other writers, not to just focus on Paul, and I think even the Lord Jesus is saying mm-hmm. in the Gospels that we're in, and the supernatural is part of that. It's the supernatural is just a part of that spiritual world. It's beyond what is readily available in our natural understanding. If I make it any sense. Please. No, nah, I got go you. Um,
1: there's something I wanted to get your thoughts on your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think this is one of the one of the better arguments in the Bible for the deity of Christ. Yes. Um but it's also one of those sections in scripture uh-huh. you should always keep reading. Yes, um, and sometimes it's, it's it's cool to point things out when someone we disagree with we know they stopped at a point and they make this whole claim that gets torn apart in the very next verse, yes. which is a very oftentimes a continuation of the same sentence. But there's a number that caused someone to stop. Yes, uh, the same thing can happen with different things that we agree with in scripture, mm-hmm. and then. Well, it's one of those passages that you kind of read over Mm -hmm. or there's something that might challenge what you think a little bit, but you just Mm -hmm. brush over it and don't dig into it because you're afraid that it might unravel what you, the conclusion that you have. Mm -hmm. And so in in John chapter 10, um, you have Jesus saying things like his sheep hear his voice, Mm -hmm. right? His sheep follow him, Um, you know, that they will never perish because you can't snatch those who are his out of his hand and he put himself on the same level as the father because they can't be taken out of the father's hands mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. um that jesus is the giver of this eternal life yes which is a uh, that's there's is there anything more important for the believer than to be given eternal life so if we're placing our hope anywhere
2: mm.
1: it's in jesus amen <laughs> Because he's the one who holds, he's the only one, the only one out of the Father, Son, and the Spirit that's called eternal life also. Mm. Um, But he's the one who gives it. And so there's all these different things, even before he says what I'm going to say. Yeah. That already alludes to the fact that Jesus is far greater than what many would attribute to him. Um, I would say all of these things already is um, affirmation of him being God. Hmm. Um, but he also says, um, I and the Father are, are one. Yes. And this is how the Jews respond in mm-hmm. chapter 10, verse 31. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. They pick him up again. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, Jesus answered them, I have shown you many works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? Mm-hmm. The Jews answered him, it is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you being a man, make yourself God. Mm. That's what they understood him to be saying, and we would agree, yeah, right? Um, But Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods, a verse that we kind of talked about a little bit earlier in, uh, what is it, Psalm 82. 82. Mm -hmm. And so, is it not written that, you know, uh, I said you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture Mm -hmm. cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father create um um consecrated and sent into the world you are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God now what I want to get your thoughts on mm-hmm. and we'll kind of leave it here and hopefully pick it up because I know you're going to be gone for Ranger School. You're going to be gone for a minute. Jeez. So if anyone has a problem with what this man has said, pray for me, <laughs> put it in the comment section. Pray for me. I'm going to be in a lot of pain. <laughs> All right. Put it in the comment section and, you know, um, it'd be dope to have to continue this conversation and maybe look at some of those things. Yeah. But um we have about back, five. Willing. We have about five minutes here, yeah. and which I'm sure it may may not really be enough time for you to really say mm-hmm. what you want to say. Um, but what is the difference yeah. between Jesus being the Son of God? Like, why would Jesus in this situation point to this other text that would seem many would use this to say, "Well, see, look, he's not saying that he's God. Look, we're all gods." Yeah, <laughs> and so so what is the difference? I guess. Um, between Jesus being the Son of God in this text and in that passage in Psalm 82. Basically what I'm saying is, what is this not saying? Yeah. And what is this What is this text actually saying as Jesus quotes Psalm um, 82? hmm
0: I think what it's actually saying is, Jesus and the Father are one. <laughs> like, I, I, and that, I would say, amen, right. deity. Um, I think that's clear. I think that they rightly picked that up and perceived him saying that, yo, you're saying that you're deity. Right. That is a problem for us. Right. We want to stone you because you're saying that. I think, and I don't, I, this is, I think category now. I think Jesus is not trying to backtrack. I don't think he's trying to backtrack. Michael Heiser does another episode on this. Maybe you could put it in there. And I agree with him. I don't think Jesus is trying to backtrack. I don't think that makes sense for him to be like, ah, I mean, hold up, hold up. But you're all God. We're all gods. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, you know, we're all gods out here. I don't think he's doing that. I think he's saying the word of God came to, I think it's not talking about, uh, so let me quickly say what some people have traditionally viewed this as. Traditionally, it was viewed as the word of God came to the Israelites, um, or the elders uh, that were appointed by—not um, the elders, the like the, the judges and the, the officers that were appointed by Moses. So some people will say it's either when God gave the law, or uh, you know, or uh, when He gave His word to these elders they're pointing to that and saying now they're considered gods and they view Psalm 82 as that as well. I don't think that I think that's all actually talking about spiritual beings. And I think here it's alluded to. And I think when he says the one who the father consecrated and sent down amongst these others, not to say he was equal with those, like he was just another one of the angels. I don't, think that um, I think what it's saying is Jesus is Jesus is basically with I think his understanding of Psalm 82 is similar to the one I think again I'm gonna keep saying I think <laughs> to what I was saying earlier of Psalm 82 and I think he's just saying there is a category for sons of God Um I think he's, or spiritual, lowercase g, gods. Um, Let me go to it specifically. I said you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and Scripture cannot be set aside, what about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? I think that part right there. What about the one who the Father sent apart, right? Consecrated in um, ESV, I think it says. As his very own and sent into the world. Why do you then accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. Does this make sense, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't think the idea of sonship of God. I think he's just saying, this should already be a category in your minds of sons of God. But he is the one that is special. Hebrews chapter... Chapter uh, one. One. Yep. Has some very interesting terminology there. And depending on what you believe is the angel of the Lord, which... <laughs> aren't you getting... Uh, uh, What's his name on here? From Hazekin? Yeah, Tony. Uh, yeah, so we sure talked about possibly having him back so, on to have, have that conversation. So he could tear apart what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um... For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when the father brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all, God, let all God's angels worship him. And speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have love, righteousness, And hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions, by anointing you with the oil of joy. (sighs) There's a lot of things that could be said about this here, right? But because we got little time, I don't think it's saying. Let me say what I think it's not saying. I will be his, or sorry, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when. When God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Oh, sorry, I must have missed it. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, t- today I have become your father? I don't think that that's discrediting the Old Testament's use of sons of God. Does that make sense? Right. I don't think it's saying, see, this sons of God idea is not like, you're just bugging them. Like, I don't think that's not saying but it's saying specifically God, the father, is saying, to Jesus, you are my son, and he didn't say that to any of the others. I hope this is making mm-hmm. m- making some sense, but in the language of therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy, I think it's saying Jesus is particularly sp- different he mm-hmm. is he 's always been.
1: Right. And in ESV, it's, it gives, I think, a better yeah. word there in, in verse nine where it says he has anointed. Right. Mm-hmm. Therefore, God speaking to the son, your God, um, <laughs> which is an interesting text. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same exact Greek word, yeah. you know, therefore, God, the father speaking to the son, mm-hmm. your God. Mm-hmm. Right. The father's the, the son's God mm-hmm. <clears throat> has anointed you. Right, and so it's this set apartness, um, the difference in Christ being that one that was sent forth. Mm. Um, but I think that's a a dope point to kind of point out. There is these Pharisees um, should already have this concept in their minds mm. as far as this category yeah. of of the sons of God. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you push back uh, just because I said made that statement? Yeah, but again they were right to understand what Jesus was actually saying. Sure. Right. Um, being even a further understanding of, of that title, mm. you know what I mean? That might fall in some way under this category, mm-hmm. um, really supersedes that category, um, just because of his position in mm-hmm. comparison. Um, it, if you want to say something in closing, you can, because yeah. I think we're going to have to put a pin in this conversation for right now. Okay. Um, and is there something that you wanted to say I real do. quick? Yeah, okay. I just
0: want to leave off with a, a, some verses. Okay. And I, I really, really, like, all joking aside, please pray for me. Pray for me. I'm going to be in a very difficult school, and I'm going to be away from my family, pray for my wife and children. Um, Pray for me, pray for my body, my mind. <laughs> pray that, you know, God would use me. It's about um, to get real. Yeah, with all my uh, fellow... Uh, candidates that are, are trying to pass um, That I would be a light And uh, yeah Please do pray for me And for success um, And I want to end with these verses Because I think it's dope To keep everything in perspective um, This is in Colossians I want to read the whole thing But I, I want to focus in if, if Read chapter 2 Starting at verse 6 all the way um, to verse fifteen, but I'm going to just focus in on verses thirteen to fifteen. This is from uh, Colossians two. I'll read the ESV for all my 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 Reformed brethren.
1: <laughs> I prefer ESV also. I uh, that's the, what I normally um,
0: the elect standard version, elect as standard. Virgil
1: Walker would say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Starting at verse, um, where did I say I want that to start? Um. Let's start at verse yeah. 13. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. Jesus. Jesus is Lord. He is defeated. How is it often said? Sin, death, and the grave. We serve a triumphant Lord. We benefit from that in Him. Um Gospel is a main thing. part of this conversation involves gospel. You who were dead in your trespasses and sins, me, all of us who were following the the prince of the power of the air, this evil spirit, Jesus has done something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves if you're somehow stumbled upon this and... You're hearing all this and you just find it fascinating. Know that this isn't just a fascinating talk. Um, this is reality. You are actually a sinner and you actually need a savior. You you need Jesus to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. You need Jesus to to um, take the punishment that you deserve. Um, and he's taking it for all those who are his. He's taking it. It's It's... He's nailed to the cross the legal demands. We are saved for all those who put their trust in him. I encourage you, if you don't know him, put your trust in him. Um, Stop following the prince of the power of the air and his evil ways. Repent. Turn away from it and believe in the Lord Jesus and what he's done. Um, And you'll be saved. And when you look at him in the day to come, you look at him in his eyes, he'll say to you, my good and faithful servant, (laughs) you will be a part of his family based off of what he's done. Um, so that's all I want to, that's all I want to end with.
1: Absolutely. Man, dope conversation, bro. Um, man, we've been at it for a minute. (laughs) Um, I hope, you know, people find this to be beneficial. Mm. Um, I hope they're encouraged to look into these things more deeply. Yeah. And, uh, just recognize this is a real world impact. Mm. You know, this is a this is a this is a real thing. These this this realm outside of what we can perceive with our eyes and you know, our senses that we have been given by God mm. um there's very much the influence. Mm. Um and this is a secondary thing because the spiritual, the supernatural side has always been been uh been a reality Mm. god exists outside of all of these things that that we're bound by um and god is a spiritual being um and so out of him right he's created for his own purposes this physical realm and uh but anyway all that to say that we're very much affected by these things and so it's something for us to consider yes um but thanks for for jumping on yeah bro let's do this again i'll, I'll definitely be praying for to. you as you go and, and do your ranger ranger school and your, the training and i know that's gonna be brutal it's gonna be hard to be away from your family um but when you get back um maybe we'll sit down again mm-hmm. and have another kind of open <laughs> yeah. open dialogue and, you know and dig into to talk
0: about What's like that? people seeing uh ufos people that get sleep paralysis <laughs> all these very strange things that millions of people encounter and experience and the way the world uh categorizes that stuff and ways that we might want to think about categorizing this anyway i'm not saying so we should but yeah. i like to talk about that kind of stuff. no doubt well we'll see what,
1: <laughs> what the conversation turns into next time right. but thanks again bro i appreciate it man peace peace well, I hope that conversation was encouraging for you guys. Again, that was my friend Lim. He's already back from Ranger Training, and, and if I have him back on, maybe he'll share a little bit about that. Um, but I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, if this episode has been helpful for you, please let me know in the comment section. Give it that like. Give, give it that thumbs up on Facebook. Go ahead and share the podcast. I would really appreciate it. Again, if you have a chance... Um, make some time and just go ahead and leave a review even if it's a couple words you know give me a five-star review or whatever you think um, it's worth um, if you guys have questions again go ahead and email us at that at gmail.com i would love to start off the next podcast answering your question but for now this concludes episode 26 the main topic a supernatural worldview. thanks for listening to that deity though wisdom and
3: knowledge revealed